everyone, and welcome back to another odd and macabre episode of Vamp Jan's Corner, an extension of my official blog site of the same name, which you can visit at jenvasquez.com. I'm your host, Vamp Jennifer, or Jen, whatever suits your fancy. When this episode releases, we will only be a few days away from the beginning of October. How exciting is that? So this is Vamp Jen's Corner's Halloween special. I mean, we always talk spooky, but we're going to be chatting extra spooky this episode. I'm going to be sharing some highlights from this past year's Halloween guide for those who haven't checked out the blog post. I'm also going to dig into the archives and fill you all in on the events I attended last October. For those who don't know, I'm an October baby and I basically hijack the entire month and plan as many Halloween activities as possible. I'm never able to do enough, in my opinion but I try. The events I'm going to tell you about are happening again this year, so if you're going to be in LA and they pique your interest, you may want to attend them yourself. I'm also going to be mentioning a few horrifying haunts, and for the finale, I'll be doing a macabre story time and reading an excerpt from one of my fave horror tales. As always, I'll include links in the show notes to where you can find the blog post versions of this episode and any relevant links to the content discussed. Alright, so let's begin with some handy information from my 2022 All Hallows Eve guide. If you waited until the last minute or just didn't have time to do any Halloween shopping earlier, there are some stores you can still check out. I know by this point a lot of the major retailers scrap the spooky merch and switch over to Christmas and holiday stuff, which makes me sad so I'm not going to mention them because I'm not sure if they'll have much. However, the Halloween decor at the big chain stores may have made their way to the clearance section, so that's worth checking. These following shops specialize in Halloween and carry morbid products 365 days out of the year. They are Halloween Express, Halloween Megastore, the Halloween Spot, Halloween Store, and the Horror Dome. Then there's Halloween Costumes and Mad About Horror. Those two shops are available in the UK and Halloween Costumes also ships to Australia, Canada, Europe, Mexico, and the United States. And don't forget about the small businesses. There are many fantastic people creating one-of-a-kind, handcrafted macabre goods year-round, from home decor to accessories. Etsy is a great place to start by simply searching Halloween. Other businesses I recommend are The Black Broom, Memento Mori Los Angeles, Spooksy Boo, and Vintage Halloween. I've browsed the items on these sites and they look pretty awesome. Now, are you freaking out because October is upon us and you don't have a costume nor have any idea who or what you want to dress up as? Well, I made some predictions about costumes I thought might be popular this year and maybe these will spark some inspiration for you and give you ideas. For my first prediction, after years of talk about adapting Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles into a TV series, it was finally announced last year that AMC acquired the rights. On October 2nd, the interview with the Vampire series will premiere and I dare say the hype is going to inspire fans of the books to don a pair of fangs this Halloween. The main characters to choose from include Armand, Lestat, Claudia, and Louis. I've already started sharpening the things I got custom made a couple of years ago. Then there's Ghostface from Scream. 
The iconic 90s horror film, Wes Craven Scream, was revived this year, continuing the horrific saga and featuring new characters as well as some originals. Who saw the reboot, by the way? Did you like it? I was entertained and enjoyed it. Nothing is going to compare to the first one, but I liked it for what it was. Of course, the villain at the center of all the bloody mayhem was Ghostface. And don't worry, that's not a spoiler, because the big question remained. Who was under the mask this time? I forecast many people, maybe even you, will be eager to claim that identity this October. Costume prediction number three, the Hawkins gang of Stranger Things. I devoured season four this past summer, and all I have to say is, wow. It was an emotional roller coaster. It was super dark, and I loved that the episodes were extra long. There are so many awesome costume inspirations from Eleven to the sinister Vecna. I also imagine the pot smoking Argyle and metalhead Eddie Munson would be popular choices. I cannot wait to see which Stranger Things characters I'll see trick or treating this October 31st. My fourth prediction. The Monsters. Rob Zombie is doing his own take on the classic television series, The Monsters. And as of this recording, instead of hitting movie theaters, it's going to be streaming on Netflix and available on digital Blu-ray and DVD on September 27th. Which, when this episode airs, it'll have already been released, so maybe you've already seen it. So I have a really good feeling and predict ghouls and goblins will be racing to dress up as Lily, Herman, Eddie, and Grandpa. And for my final costume prediction, Wednesday Adams. Wednesday is getting her very own series on Netflix this autumn, and it's finally been confirmed that it'll debut on Wednesday, November 23rd. I have no doubt the show will spark interest in the character. Tim Burton is behind the helm, and I suspect episodes will be fantastically ghoulish. Long raven-colored pigtails, a drapey black dress, and a gallow sense of humor are all you need to achieve this Adams family member's look. Okay, I hope you're freaking out a little less now that you have a few costume suggestions. Of course, there's nothing like listening to spooky music while you decorate and get changed into your Halloween costume. I just found out about The Fallen Crow and liked what I heard. There was only one album available on Spotify, Tales of the Living Dead, but it's definitely enough to give you all Halloween vibes. Another new discovery for me is The Midnight Ghost. The album Halloween Nightmares is a delight. Every track transports me to the world of haunts and gets me excited for the longer nights of fall. I also suggest A Time of Shadows. I've been following them on Instagram for a while and they released a new album titled Ravenson Mansion Dark Secrets, which is really good, along with an accompanying novella. If you've been hanging around Bob Jen's Corner for a while, then you're familiar with Midnight Syndicate. I had the privilege of interviewing these guys back in 2020, and the duo's music has been used in some of the biggest haunts around the world. They're synonymous with the spooky season. Any album is fitting to play, but you may want to start with the Halloween music collection. Then there's Joseph Vargo, the mastermind behind Knox Arcana. I also had the great honor of interviewing him a couple of years ago. He started his music project during the early 2000s, and the music embodies gothic romantic style. Try out Dark Lore Manor, 
Season of the Witch, and The Haunted Symphony. Now, who is ready to hear about spooky events? This year, many Halloween events are returning in the U.S. It's impossible for me to list everything, but I do recommend taking a look at my Autumn Macabre 2022 events calendar on my blog, where I feature activities happening every month. I do my best to keep it updated, and the following are some highlights from October. I also suggest looking up local events in your area and keeping an eye out for things like haunts, spooky pop-ups, and shows. Most of these I'm about to share are happening in multiple locations or internationally. I didn't want to only mention Los Angeles events because I know some of my listeners aren't located here. Okay. So who else had no clue that the Disney Cruise Line offered specific Halloween-themed cruises called Halloween on the High Seas? I just found out about it this year. There's a Bahamas cruise, Baja California, Mexico cruise, Caribbean voyages, and a Canada and New England excursion. They range from a few nights to a week, so if you're into cruises, definitely look into it. I'm really curious about how spooky these voyages are and what sort of activities they do. Speaking of Disney, let's not forget about the theme parks like Disneyland Halloween Time in in, um, Anaheim, California, and Disney World Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party in Orlando, Florida. If you're up for international travel, there's the Dracula Tour to Transylvania. For more vampire festivities, there's also the Endless Night New Orleans Vampire Ball. Next, we have Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, which is happening at the amusement parks in Orlando, Los Angeles, Japan, and Singapore. I attended the one here in Hollywood super early this year during the second week, and I had a lot of fun. I've got a blog post detailing my time there, and it has photos I took, so check it out. All right, now I'm going to talk about the Queen Mary, which is a historic ship docked in Long Beach, California. After being dormant the last three years, the Queen Mary is introducing a new Halloween event, Shacktoberfest. So I love the Queen Mary and I was obsessed with the annual event they used to hold called Dark Harbor. And Unfortunately, that's not happening this year. Sometime in 2021, ownership of the vessel changed and there have been a lot of renovations happening on board, so the ship is still shut off to the public. From what I understand, the Dark Harbor event was affiliated with the previous owners or something like that, so I don't think legally they're able to host Dark Harbor, which makes me sad because I really loved it and it bums me out thinking that 2019 was my last time to experience it. However, Shacktoberfest looks promising. Shaquille O'Neal is the face of the event and it'll be kid-friendly during the day and scarier for adults come nightfall. The haunts are produced by 13th Floor, which is an entertainment group known for creating really scary haunted attractions like Delusion here in LA, which I'll talk more about later, and Fear Farm in Austin, Texas. Since the ship is closed off, the event is going to be held outside of it in the surrounding premises, which is where Dark Harbor would happen too for the most part, but there were two mazes that took place in haunted parts in the lower levels of the ship, 
and there was a VIP area known as the RIP lounge that was located on the upper decks of the Queen Mary. So those will be features missing from Shocktoberfest, but I'm hopeful this will be a fun event and in all honesty, I'm just so glad the Queen Mary is coming back to life and is hosting a spooky event again. And once renovations are completed, I've no doubt future Halloween festivities will be bigger and better. Speaking of events, let's discuss a couple of the ones I did last year that will be resurrecting from the ashes for the spookiest time of the year. Who is familiar with House of Spirits, a haunted cocktail soiree? I attended the one in Los Angeles, but it's also happening in Nashville, Houston, Dallas, New York, and Seattle. And the themes vary depending on the city. Last year was my first time experiencing the mysteriously macabre event in LA, and I loved every minute of it. As the name implies, it's a haunted cocktail soiree offering a variety of adult libations on the grounds of a beautiful estate. It took place at the historic York Manor, and the theme was inspired by the true story of occultist Rasputin and the Romanov royal dynasty. If you're not familiar with the diabolical Rasputin, definitely look him up. I also wrote about him briefly in my blog post, History's Most Formidable Occult Figures. The building was quite a sight to behold, and at the entrance was an outdoor bar for patrons to enjoy a welcome drink and a darkly decorated photo op area. There were two mazes off to the side of the building, and one was scarier than the other, so it was up to guests to choose which one they wanted to walk through. Now, I wouldn't be deserving of the title Vamp Chen if I didn't do the scarier maze of the two. So I did. It was really cool because the attraction was in a lower part of the manor. Before going in, the guard handed me a faux candle and instructed me to tell any spirits I encountered, take my light, not my life. The passageways were dark with only the candle to help me see and cloaked masked figures were around nearly every corner. At one point, I did have to give up my candle to one of the ghostly entities. My only source of light was taken from me, but I navigated my way out successfully enough and the maze exited right into the main hall where the festivities were transpiring. The manor contained several rooms that guests could visit at their leisure. My favorite room contained a giant Ouija board that answered any questions you asked it. Since it was a cocktail soiree, the libations were a special part of the experience, and you could enjoy up to five different kinds. There were small bars located throughout with mixologists pouring drinks. Performances included actors, singers, dancers. A musician played what sounded like Russian folk tunes on his accordion. There was a mysterious magician who approached me, levitating a crystal ball between his hands. I couldn't tell how he kept it floating in the air, but I didn't notice any strings, that's for sure. The climax of the night was an unholy ritual that happened on the middle stage, and no filming or photography was allowed during this portion. And with good reason. Towards the end, one of the male performers was stripped naked by his companions. I don't think anyone in the building saw that finale coming, and it makes me really curious how they'll top that this year. And there was a big backyard area with more bars, lounging areas, and entertainment which I didn't even get a chance to explore because the session I signed up for was ending. 
So how it works is the event occurs in two hour increments. So it's important not to be late because the staff does usher guests out once their time is up to make room for the next round of people going in. So that's a lesson learned for me. My plan is to attend again this year. So fingers crossed. Another thing I want to mention is you have to be 21 or older. So no kids. If you live in one of the cities where it's taking place, I recommend checking it out. On to the next. You heard me mention delusion earlier, correct? Let me ask you something first. Have you ever wanted to play a part in a horror story? To experience the thrills and chills of immersing yourself in a twisted plot unfolding right before your eyes? If your answers are yes and yes, then you'll enjoy delusion. This attraction is not simply a maze or Halloween haunt. It's dark theater that requires guests to do more than just watch. They want you to join in on the action. Delusion is the brainchild of writer and director John Braver, who's worked on major films, including The Dark Knight Rises, Iron Man, and Indiana Jones 4. Suffice it to say, his background has equipped him with the knowledge of engaging storytelling. The event started in 2011 and has continued with new iterations every year, such as The Blood Rite in 2012 and His Crimson Queen in 2016. The production was forced to go silent in 2020, but returned full force for the 2021 fall season with Reaper's Remorse. In the past, the event has taken place at various venues in Los Angeles, and the stage for last year's, and I believe this year's event as well, is Phillips Mansion in Pomona, California. The building dates back to the 19th century and is a landmark. It became part of the National Registry of Historical Places in 1974. It's named after its creator, Louis Phillips, who had the structure built in 1875 for himself and his wife, Esther. For the delusion storyline, the creators resurrected Mrs. Esther Phillips and put her at the center of this fictional tale. In a nutshell, she lives alone, surrounded by memorabilia and heirlooms that are haunted by the spirits of their deceased owners. There is one possession she prizes greatly, but can't go near, so she needs the help of the participants to do so. When I arrived at the property, it made me feel as if I traveled back in time. While the mansion has been renovated over the decades to preserve it, the building still retains its 19th century splendor. My group had to wait our turn to be summoned, so we explored the grounds. Around the side of the house was an open basement just waiting for anyone daring to descend its dirt stairs. And of course, I had to go down there. It was used as a burial place, and the cadaver I saw lying there appeared to have died in agony. The adventure hadn't even begun, and already I had stumbled upon a corpse. It was really neat exploring inside the home too. There were lounge areas, referred to as the open world, where people could look at artifacts and have a drink. When my party was called, we gathered with other attendees in a separate portion of the house to start the quest. Mrs. Phillips greeted us in the first chamber and had everyone drink a mysterious concoction before proceeding. She held a bag that carried important contents and needed to be put in the hands of one of the guests for the duration of our stay. My husband was chosen as the lucky soul to protect the satchel. We were taken throughout the manor guided by characters where we witnessed the story unfold bit by bit. Since this was an immersive attraction, individuals were invited to take part in scenes to unlock secrets and progress our party further. 
I even got pulled away from the group by Mrs. Phillips. She took me into a rundown room where she sat me in front of a piano and instructed me to play it. I haven't played the piano since I was in college, which was more than 10 years ago. I don't know what was scarier, my piano playing or Mrs. Phillips. There was so much that happened. We crawled, went up shadowy staircases, explored dark corners, and encountered many sinister figures. We even had to go outside to these abandoned, creepy barns. This year's theme is titled Valley of Hollows and is still connected to Esther Phillips. It's inspired by the cults that sprouted like crazy during the 1970s. Guests have to fight against the evil forces of a cult dedicated to Esther. It's going on now through November, so get your tickets if something like this is up your alley because they have sold out in the past. All right, I want to talk a bit about haunts in Los Angeles. Back in 2018, when Vamp Jen's Corner was only a few months old, I wrote a blog post about popular LA haunts. Now, there are amazing haunts that open during this time of year all over the US, but I focused on ones local to me. Some I already mentioned, like Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, Dark Harbor, and Illusion, but I just want to quickly mention the others I included on that list because most of them are open for business and happening now, and I haven't been to some of these. There's Not Scary Farm, which I've only attended once when I was 15, and that was in 2000. I've heard that it's gotten even better over the years, and for whatever reason, I just don't have a chance to go. That's what happens when there are so many haunts to choose from. Build as SoCal's largest Halloween attraction, Not Scary Farm has more than a thousand ghoulish creatures roaming the theme park, designated scare zones, and dozens of mazes. It's a major theme park, so it's similar to Halloween Horror Nights. They have an attraction this year called Bloodline 1842, which involves vampires. I'm super curious about that. Another major amusement park that hosts a special Halloween haunt event is Six Flags Magic Mountain Fright Fest. I must admit, I've never checked out Six Flags during spooky season, but they also have mazes and scare zones. Now I'm going to move away from the bigger theme parks. These next few are a bit more intimate and spooky as hell. There's the LA Haunted Hayride, which I went to several years ago. It's set up on the grounds of the old zoo in Griffith Park. The event is a nice alternative to the larger events happening at amusement parks, while still offering plenty of frights and delights. As is apparent by the name, the Hayride is the star attraction. So when I went, me and a group of people boarded a hay wagon that took us into the surrounding dark woods where all sorts of scares awaited. We were then dropped off to roam through a corn maze. Other attractions included a scary ground, interactive shows, and an all-knowing psychic. Visit the website to see what the macabre offerings are for this year. I've no doubt they'll be fantastic. And a bonus, the location is among the hilltops and offers sweeping views of the city. Are you ready for the reign of terror? I have yet to experience this terrifying haunt, but it's recognized as the biggest indoor haunt in Southern California. It's made up of 10 themed attractions that are connected, which means as soon as you exit one, you enter another. In total, there are 135 petrifying rooms that you must make your way through. However, if situations get too intense, there are several emergency exits, but no refunds are given for an unfinished walkthrough. 
the last haunt I have for you is the 17th door. This Halloween attraction requires you to sign a waiver to participate. It takes nearly 35 minutes to complete, making it one of the longest haunts in California. Plus, this year there's a 45 minute add-on called the Field Trip and a 15 minute virtual reality add-on. The whole experience is designed to titillate or should I say torture, all five senses. Vulgarity, sexual innuendo, grabbing, insects, foul smells, and electrical shock are all things you might experience. Groups of six to eight people enter together. You will not be forced to do anything, but in case things get too extreme, you can yell the safe word, mercy. While these events are in Los Angeles, I encourage you to look up Haunts Local to you because they usually are a lot of fun and are a great way to celebrate the Halloween season. All right, the time has come. For the final portion of the show, I'm going to read from a classic horror tale, The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Enjoy. the raven sitting lonely on the placid bust spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour nothing farther than he uttered not a feather than he fluttered till i scarcely more than muttered other friends have flown before on the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before then the bird said nevermore startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken doubtless said i what it utters is its only stock and store caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore till the dirges of his hope that melancholy birded bore of never never more but the raven still beguiling my sad fancy into smiling straight i wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door then upon the velvet sinking i betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy thinking what this ominous bird of yore what this grim ungainly ghastly gaunt and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore this i sat engaged in guessing but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core this and more i sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore, Quaff, oh quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still of bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden, whom the angels name Lenore, 
Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. I hope you enjoyed that excerpt of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. I could only read about half because with this podcast plan I have, I'm only able to record 30-minute episodes, so there was no way I was going to be able to read it from beginning to end, although I would have loved to, but I hope you enjoyed the portion I did read. Again, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Amgen's Corner. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun doing this special Halloween episode and am so amped for all the frightful delights that await. Whatever events I end up attending, I will be writing about them over on the blog. Again, you can visit my official website at jenvasquez.com where you'll find my latest content and what I've been up to. I've also set up a donations page on there where you can contribute any dollar amount if you'd like to support my work. Funds will go to things like web hosting, equipment, upgrades, and other costs related to producing my content. Any contribution is greatly appreciated. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at jenbeofficial and on TikTok at vampjen. I wish you a very happy spooky season and until next time, Stay out of the cup.